Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Bro, come over here. Come over here. Check out my new shoes. They're the brand new. One, two, buckle my shoe. That is so fire! <laughs> Good morning, Sweet World, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Tuesday, May 30th, 2023, the final day of May. I'm J.E. Skeets <laughs> here in the Classic Factory, and alongside me, as always, that's Tass Mellis. As they say, not... Anything is possible! Next to him, it's the bearded one, Matasha Hopboy, Trey Kirby. Ayo! Ayo! And last but not least, over yonder, it's the apprentice, it's Eshua Kid. How y'all doing? Ah, oh, the better question is, how are you doing, Celtics fan? <sighs> <sighs> Big old side. Yeah, that's all I got for you, man. <laughs> we'll unpack that side, don't you worry. Shout out to the stream team joining us live right now on YouTube. Go get your No Dunks merch over at nodunks.com while you're over there. Check out the Is This Good shirt from BreakingTea.com as well. That's what Tass has on. <laughs> no, he's got a you gotta go dead to and company. company show for yeah. this yeah, one. Yeah, I got to say, the Grateful Dead shirt trumps this shirt. Oh, they're both great shirts. They're both. Yeah, well, well, look at it. It's got flowers on it. <laughs> it's got uh, lots of flowers. On today's show, we're going to discuss the 76ers going with Nick Nurse as their head coach, the NBA investigating a ref's burner Twitter account, and Scottie Pepin. Pippin, excuse me, is fed up. Scotty Peta Pepin, I said. <laughs> Scotty Peta Pepin. But first, Pearl Jam. No, just kidding. Uh, the Cinderella run continues. Jimmy freaking B- Butler. I can't talk this morning. Jimmy Butler scored 28 points. Kayla Martin had 26 points and 10 boards to help the eighth seeded Heat beat Boston 103 84 in game seven last night. They advanced to the finals for the second time in four seasons. The Celtics tried to come back from that 3-0 deficit. They did. They forced Game 7. They had home court advantage, and it didn't matter. 151-0 stands the record once you go up 3-0 in a series. Uh, but Miami taking control, especially in the second half test. Isn't it 150-0? I, I 151 now. Yeah. Oh, is it? Yeah. I thought it was 149 coming into this no, one. No, no. Um, well, I guess 149 coming into the Nugget series. That's You're right. right. It just it seems to escalate every single time. Anyway, uh, twice in this series... Shows you can't win four games in a row. Happened <laughs> twice to both teams. That doesn't, that doesn't happen too often. It is tough. The Celtics were not the tougher team in this game. Although I know we're going to talk about Jason Tatum's ankle. It just didn't feel uh, like they were doing enough to win this game defensively. That, well, I, was, I was astonished by the lack of fighting over screens in this game, allowing the Heat shooters to get into each and every one of their shots. I know they wanted to take away the lane from Jimmy and Bam. And then Jimmy just said, okay, well, you're giving me the threes. I'll shoot those. Uh, hit three himself. And obviously, Caleb Martin, a scorcher with four threes. Uh, and we'll get to him not winning the Eastern Conference Finals MVP that mm. people care about all of a sudden. This is a thing <laughs> in the NBA. What? what? Is this baseball? It's weird. Uh, anyway, um, 
it, it was a strange start to this game with, with Jason Tatum getting hurt on the very, very first play. Uh, and it was strange to see the Celtics go up 5-0, uh, and then they go up 9-4. And I think Joe Mazzula, guy who gets a lot of ridicule for not calling timeouts, called too many timeouts. They're up <laughs> 9-4. Just let this thing roll. They go to a timeout. Eric Spolstra goes to a zone out of that timeout. They get a stop. They get a score, and things change. I think Eric Spolstra did an incredible job of mixing up the man in zone in this game more so than the first six games. It was a lot of zone heavy uh, in the first six games. And then uh, this one, they became a lot more unpredictable. The threes just started raining down. And really, at the end of it, it's a huge sigh as Ash gave us off the top. The Celtics just were not there in the end. uh, And and guys were trying to hit shots. Obviously, that didn't happen. And and Jalen Brown giving the ball away eight times uh, is pretty damn difficult to overcome uh, when the other team starts hitting shots on you, starts backdoor cutting you. This was a damn blowout in Game 7 in Boston's barn. For that to happen, a lot had to go wrong. A lot did go wrong. Yeah, like you said, first (laughs) possession, the guy, your superstar, tweaking his ankle pretty damn bad to the point where he's grimacing and hobbling immediately. Tatum plays 42 minutes, 14 points, 5 of 13 shooting. He says after the game, you know, I was just a shell of myself. But he needed, because of that, somebody else to step up for him. You brought up Jalen Brown, who just had a stinker. A dreadful Game 7 for him. Couldn't hit a 3. Kept turning the ball over. I mean, you had a roller coaster first quarter from Jalen Brown. He was turning the ball over. He had, like, three bad turnovers. But then he was the only one, like, hitting some jumpers, attacking the rim. He got to the line, had a nice little slip screen where he hit a layup. It was like, it was good Jalen. It was a lot of bad Jalen. And uh, there was more bad Jalen than good as this game went on. And just nobody being able to hit a three-point shot, Trey, was once again in the story. We said, there is no way after Game 7 the Celtics can shoot worse than they did. Somehow winning Game 6 in Miami. Technically true, it wasn't worse, but man, it was damn close them going 9 for 42 in Game 7. Their second worst shooting performance of the season from 3. 9 for 42, meanwhile Miami went 14 for 28. They call it a make or miss league for a reason. There's a reason there's so many cliches out there. Anything can happen in a game seven. You hear that one a lot. Mm -hmm. How about your best player spraining their ankle on the very first play? That's why you don't want to go to a game seven. It's tough to win four straight in the playoffs. Happened twice. (laughs) That's why these teams were 150-0 coming into this game, because eventually somebody's going to pass back. Uh, And then, like you're saying, Jalen Brown was just doing too much out there. As many turnovers as makes, and most of the turnovers were pretty brutal. Some of the shots were also turnovers. It felt like the Celtics would be getting a little bit of a run together, trying to get some momentum, and then Jalen Brown would try and take a 15-pointer. It's like, what are you doing? (laughs) It's only worth three, even if you shoot it in the first three seconds of the shot clock. But Derek White showed up. He was the best Celtic on the court last night. And then he got subbed out for Sam Hauser early in the fourth quarter. Didn't understand that one uh, from Joe. Didn't understand Robert Williams only playing 14 minutes. I guess he was sick. Uh on Sunday and Monday, but he was pretty impactful when he was out there. Would have liked to see more from him. But really, you know, there was not a lot of margin for error for the Celtics after they got down 3-0. They were awesome for three games. They were average in game four, or in game seven. A guy got hurt and they missed threes. That's how you lose by 20. Yeah, it was weird that, like, a classic game seven usually has that anxious energy to start a game where it's like sloppy and there there are these weird turnovers and everybody's missing threes, everybody's a little tight. And then maybe there was even a play early in the game, despite having a great game, Caleb Martin was like on a fast break. It was like a three on one heat fast break. They completely botched it. There was there was the, the nerves, right, of a game seven. But Miami ends the quarter up twenty two fifteen. And what's wild to me is Boston never got closer than that seven point margin. I couldn't believe that. You said Derek White had the bit of the takeover in the third quarter. 
He was great. And there was a stretch where the Heat went cold. They could not hit shots, and I still didn't think the Celtics really capitalized on it. They couldn't take all that much advantage of it, where the stretch where they were missing shots Miami was. And that is wild to me that they just never got closer than seven points. <laughs> it's crazy. Honestly, Caleb game. Martin kind of slammed the door shut. He did a couple them. times. Uh, he had an awesome game last night, but you mentioned uh, that seven-point lead. They got down to a seven-point lead. Caleb Martin hit a three-pointer with 30 seconds yeah. left in the third quarter. Boston went down and scored, and then Martin had that crazy drive where he went baseline, hit a fadeaway, 10-point game there. Miami gets the ball back to start the fourth quarter. Caleb Martin hits a three. Yeah. Suddenly, a seven-point lead is a 13-point lead, and the Celtics at that point were having trouble scoring, so it felt like an even bigger lead. That was that was impressive from Caleb Martin. That was impressive from Miami to go to go up 3-0, lose three straight games, lose game six in a heartbreaker, and then come back and smash him. Incredible stuff. Yeah, and you're right about the nervous energy. Caleb Martin did have that fast break, as yeah. you said, early in, in the first quarter. Max Struess was ready to show his athleticism to come up and throw down an alley-oop, and, and Martin sort of forced it. And I think Joe Missoula made that mistake of calling that timeout when they're up 9-4, and then the the – that you did the math for me. The turnaround is 21 6 uh, for a run for Miami to end that first quarter. Because of that, it was like a road timeout where we're trying to stop the momentum of the other team, but they stopped their own momentum uh, when you just have to let it roll. And yeah, that was, it was a huge mistake. Uh, Caleb Martin was nervous like we all like we all were watching <laughs> like you, you saw a lot of the the Miami Heat players but they they found their bearings in that timeout and then mm-hmm. they shot another the three and a half quarters after that they were down nine four again uh and it was over it really was over you got Duncan Robinson doing the Hulk Hogan <laughs> ear to the crowd Duncan Robinson in the middle of the fourth quarter things have gone completely off the rails big time I, I yeah the defense to me was the shocking thing yeah, everybody's got a nervous energy. You see a lot of bricks in Game 7s mm-hmm. throughout NBA history. But the scrappiness level of the Celtics on D was the surprising part to me. Like We got a bad Marcus Smart game on the defensive end. What, what's, he was pretty invisible, I thought. Yeah, and, and bad passes uh, a lot of the time. Um, yeah, that was that was surprising. Yeah, just, just getting behind screens and just allowing... Caleb Martin, who found his way, and Struess, who knows how to shoot the freaking ball, and Gabe Vincent to shoot the ball. So many multiple threes, as we said, uh, for this team. Obviously, that sort of confidence level on the road was impressive for those guys to come in and all the role players really to, to slam the door, led by Caleb Martin. Hashtag heat culture? <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. <laughs> Hashtag heat culture, yeah. I think absolutely it is. We'll never know what the inspirational video was that Eric Spolstra <laughs> played between Game 6 and Game 7. Ernie Johnson was trying to get it out of him, <laughs> and he would not give it to him. Ernie was almost like shaking Spolstra, like, come on, man. Let me know the video. Come on, I gotta Spolstra. know, but he wouldn't let him. Oh, somebody grab the mic secret. and say, it's that scene from the town. You know, that would have lit oh. the place on fire. That would have been very funny. Yeah. That or Fast X. <laughs> uh, Kill Martin. Finished wow. off a series for the ages. Yeah, 26 points, 10 boards, like I said, in Game 7 on the road. He scored in double figures in all seven games. He averaged 19.3 points per game with shooting splits of 60% from the floor, 49% from three, 88% at the line. Trey even said it. In Game 7, he's, he had the answer for every little Celtics run. He slammed the door shut, and he gets four out of the nine Eastern Conference Finals MVP votes. Jimmy getting the five, Caleb getting the four, and I couldn't believe it. Doris Burke and Tim Buntemps, they voted for Jimmy Butler. And we had talked about them, Doris, 
texting Tim during game six going, what are we doing here? What are we doing? Are we voting for Caleb Martin? Are we voting for Jimmy? And in the end, they vote for Jimmy. Um, but there are some people upset that Caleb Martin didn't get it. You can definitely make a case. I mean, Jimmy Butler's a superstar. He missed a game in the series, had some duds, played well in game seven. I mean, his stat line's incredible. But Caleb Martin was just incredibly consistent. 60% from the floor in a guy that wasn't even starting in this series and then, you know, comes off the bench for five of them and then starts in game six and seven. He... Nobody would have nobody would have been upset had he got that that fifth vote from a, from a Doris or a Tim. Schumann voted for Kayla Martin, as did others. But what, well, who would you have voted for, Trey, if you're in the arena there last night? Well, Skeets, I'm a Jimmy stan. Okay, that's fair. Uh, he did lead the Heat in scoring for the series and rebounding and assists and steals, and he was third in blocks. It's pretty so good. I, I mean, I don't really have an argument against Jimmy Butler, except for that he had three stinker games. Caleb Martin played well in those games, and guess what? The Heat lost those ones. How about this? I don't know. A most improved player for the East yeah, Finals. Yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. It would have been cool for Caleb Martin, absolutely, but it also is kind of like, uh, I think it's a little bit like, Jimmy, you were the best player in the Eastern Conference playoffs. Yeah, there is that. There is that. You get the bob. Tess, the who bird. would you have voted for? The bird and the bob. <laughs> the bird and the bob. Uh, <laughs> Taking now- Beantown's bird and bob back to Biscayne Bay. <laughs> Holy <laughs> damn. <laughs> Baller. <laughs> <laughs> Would you have voted I for Caleb Martin? Would you have had the guts, Tass Mellis? No. Or would you have just taken the easy way no out and way. given it to Jimmy? No way. No, no. I couldn't look myself in the mirror. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to eat a bobster brol. Uh, I, I think the, uh, the, the voters got it right. They absolutely got it right. There is no Caleb Martin without Jimmy Butler. It's like the 2010 finals. Kobe didn't have an efficient finals. Pau Gasol did. Kobe had the the higher shooting, uh, higher uh, total numbers, led the team in scoring mm-hmm. and all that. Had to take the shots. Again, there's no pow without Kobe. Uh, so to me, I, even back then, I thought Kobe uh, may not get this, may not may not deserve it, but he is the player on that team. So it, to me, it resembled that. It, it's a, somewhat like the 2015 Finals where Iguodala got it over Steph. I mean, it's it's a different scenario, uh, but the best player should get it. Um, even though you know, like, so why even why even name it? I mean, you could just pre-name it. If the team wins, right. you got to give it to <laughs> to the guy. Caleb Martin was coming off the bench to start the series. He came along, uh, uh, yeah, most improved, sure, uh, became, became a, a starter. Uh, so yeah, the efficiency incredible, but. Uh, I mean, the shots he was hitting, you know, we briefly touched on it. The the baseline, the the spin in the middle, like those aren't Caleb Martin shots. Uh, incredible stuff. The confidence level growing as this series goes on. But, yeah, I, I don't think there's a Caleb without a Jimmy. So uh, you got to go MVP the, for the Bob and the Bird. I will finally remember what those trophies good. are called. I like that, that, I really like yeah. that. Uh, the real power move, the real power vote would have been voting for Eric Spolstra. <laughs> for Eastern Conference Finals MVP. This guy, 108 career playoff wins. He's three shy of tying Doc Rivers for fourth all-time. Headed back to another finals, Spolstra and the Heat are. Um, what'd you think of Bam's game in Game 7? 12 points, 10 boards, 7 assists, plus 22. You know, decent-looking box score. But guy couldn't finish at all <laughs> around the rim for what felt like the third or fourth game in a row. He just has no touch, TK, on these, like, bunnies. Why is he shooting Inside. bunnies? 
Why is he not dunking it or going harder? That's the question, yeah. man. You're right underneath Crazy. the hoop. You got a little guy on you. Just go up and dunk. He missed one. I guess it was Derek White. Like, he had Derek White on a post-up. Went nowhere. Couldn't score. Then he got the ball right underneath the hoop on Derek White. Went up for the bunny. Dumped it off the back of the rim. And then he did try and dunk one a little bit later on. So I would continue trying to dunk that one. Yeah, it's funny because a lot of his post-ups were not resulting in uh, barbecue chicken by any means. No. But, but, they occasionally lead out to, like, kick out threes. Like... He's, he's, of course, he's not afraid to move the ball. He is a good playmaker for a big guy. So the ball will get zipped out, and then, you know, he'll pick up a hockey assist here or there once it's swung around. That happened a couple times. So I like the idea of them continuing to do that. He just It's just wild seeing him miss these three-foot little hook shots. He doesn't want to score inside. He wants to create as a playmaker, yeah. I do think, when he has the ball. And, you know, five assists, zero turnovers, I think, is huge because Bam has had some t- trouble with turnovers in this series. The Celtics did a great job of packing the paint on both him and Jimmy Butler. So to put up 5-0 to zero on the assist-to-turnover ratio, that's big uh, for Miami, as was seven offensive rebounds. The Celtics actually out-rebounded uh, the Heat on the offensive glass, but Boston gave up more second-chance points because every time the Heat were getting an offensive rebound, it was turning into a three-pointer. Mm-hmm. That's even worse. Uh, those are such backbreakers. 16-3 second-chance points uh, for Miami last night, yesterday. Bam's game was uh, was important, though, in the end, <laughs> because he had three fouls in the first half, didn't get one in the second half, mm-hmm. and his D, and you're talking about the hockey assist, the screen assists, uh, the fact yeah. that it, he his body out there is really important to create those three-point opportunities out there on the perimeter. Very important. He did have a couple of those, keeps it the ball in the left hand, goes around Al Horford, and doesn't touch his other hand, little scoops off the backboard. Those are pretty. Uh, but he only had, yeah, four makes. When you look at the final box score, you see Bam Adebay only have 12 points. Your other dudes combine uh, for 54, Caleb and, and Jimmy. Bam's the third leading scorer. It's shocking uh, when all is said and done. But he played a part out there. And, yeah, he, he missed that bunny at Derek White underneath the hoop. Uh, I, I always flash back, always flash back when a, a, a big has a little underneath the hoop to the 2013 finals. The Heat are here, so this is appropriate. Tim Duncan's got Shane Battier under the hoop, game seven, and he misses a little bunny. Even the greats, uh, it happens to. Yeah, Bam's, Bam's a finesse guy for sure. Um, I was looking at the wrong box score. Were you? For, yeah, yeah. Bam Badabayo had a terrible game. I'm changing my mind. Seven assists to four turnovers. Okay, yeah. I said seven assists, and then yeah, you said five, yeah, yeah. and I was like, Then I, then I heard Tass Ta- Ta said 12 points. I was like, wait a second here. I'm seeing 11 points. He also didn't have a very good game six. <laughs> no. That's no. what I'm saying. He had yeah, a little stretch. Yeah. Yeah. But that's the thing. He had a bad couple games here in terms of shooting the ball and uh, not having any touch around the rim whatsoever. But I think he was contributing across the board, defensively, setting screens, yep. moving the balls, can still bring it up at times. Like, he played well for having garbage offensive games. He's going to have to play a lot better yes. if they're going to pull off the upset over the Denver Nuggets, which we're going to actually do our finals preview on tomorrow's show. But, yeah, he he was trying his ass off. It's just weird to see him missing these things two feet away from the rim. He's 6'9", 6'10". Yeah. <laughs> and you're right, to go back to your original point, go up stronger, man. <laughs> your name's Bam. Yeah, yeah, live up to it. Uh, hold on, you, you looked at the wrong box score. I did something way dumber, way dumber okay. earlier in, in this series. Okay. Well, uh, you, thought, you thought that May only had like 30 days or something <laughs> ridiculous? <laughs> uh, I rewatched what I thought was game four, but it was game one. Like I was watching in the morning, I was rewatching a game, and it took me like 
a quarter and a half that I was getting through. I'm like, well, this this isn't what I watched last night. Oh, Kyle Lowry coming out in the second quarter. This is awesome. But I was re- literally rewatching because my my phone hadn't refreshed. Sure, sure. Same old cookies. So. Yeah, anyways. Did you guys watch game, game 7 last night? Are we 100% sure? Yeah, I'm looking here. I watched game 7. <laughs> okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah. Good, good, good. I know what was actually the dead giveaway to me. I was looking at, I was going to compliment Haywood Highsmith picking Jason Tatum's pocket. Yep. But then I was like, wait, how come it says Haywood Highsmith didn't play? He didn't play in game, game 6. six. Yeah. That was the change. That was weird because he had a great game 5 and then he comes out in game yeah. 7. Huge pick to start that, that second nice. court. So yeah, they went away from any sort of backup center backup centerless really and and they went smaller and yeah I, I mean we're criticizing Bam the, he, he's always going to be the second score but when you got Caleb Martin doing that I, I mean you don't really didn't need to shoot only had 10 op- Bam only shot 10 times he didn't need to really I thought the Miami Heat got good Kyle Lowry there last night too oh, yeah. uh, in a game 7 on the road End of the first quarter, he comes in. He's pushing the pace. Reggie Miller uh, wisely pointing that out on the broadcast. He continued there in the second quarter. You know, just off of Boston turnovers or rebounds, bringing it up to court with some speed. I mean, he's not the fastest guy in the world, but, like, let's go. He found Martin in the corner for a three off a transition break. He followed up, Lowry did, with a deep three of his own. And then he had a sick dime to Duncan Robinson, cutting back door through traffic. Lefty. Uh, yeah, beautiful pass. Now, of course, Lowry then turned the ball over, dribbling it off his foot on the very yes, next possession. Yes, but overall, really good. You know, game seven from him. He has his ups and downs here at, at his age. And that's sort of always been Lowry's thing, if we're being completely honest. Uh, we know that as Raptors fans. But him, too, he's going to have to have... For them to pull off this upset, and they are, you know, heavy dogs here going into the finals against Denver game one on Thursday night, he's going to have to have these big moments, like these takeover quarters or stretches of quarters where it either keeps the heat alive uh, when, you know, he's out there or even extends a lead or obviously gets back into a game. And he can do it. It's just whether or not you're going to get that for an entire series. Probably not. They'll have to... uh, He'll have to pick his spots, or at least Spo will hope he does that. But everybody contributing for the most part. You know, even when like we were ripping on Bam there for having no touch. Everybody that's out there, I mean, Spo is just pushing the right buttons. Like, everybody's contributing and trying their ass off because they all have to when they're playing zone defense. That's the other part where, you know, just the, the communication of, like, zipping around and picking up and then doubling Tatum. And they did a great thing, too. You know, I hope Tibbs was taking notice of this game. They went at Tatum. They, put, they started putting him in action because they're like, he can't move left and right. Yeah. Because of his ankle, so get him in the in the action. That's obviously what Tibbs and the Knicks really didn't do against Jimmy Butler way back in the uh, second round of the playoffs. But that was smart coaching move from Spo as well. Yeah, Tatum gutted it out. I thought it was. Yeah. It seemed like it was going to be a Willis Reed moment when he hit that three pointer, but then he went for a dunk. And kind of after he came down from the dunk and had that landing with a big time grimace, that's when Jimmy was activated. He's like, I'm going to go at him every single time, and they just did not let him off the hook. Having one guy out there who you had to have out there, but didn't move well enough for a game seven in the conference finals. Yeah, speaking of injuries, one guy that could have saved the Celtics a little bit was Malcolm Brogdon, who has ha, was really good to start these playoffs. Two point two five rounds, and then he got injured, and things went downhill. He had nineteen in game one in this series, then thirteen, then he got that injury, and. Had to miss a game uh, and was scoreless in this one. And in his last four games in this series, three, four, five, and seven, he only scored two points. First shot was an air ball out there with that elbow ligament injury and just couldn't be himself. But he he, he was really good throughout this postseason, had monstrous games uh, th- for the Celtics off the bench. But they really got nothing off the bench when they inserted Derek White into the starting lineup, which they, they had to do uh, in this game. 
yeah, not not a lot. Seven combined points uh, from their you know their guard wing type players, and then uh, Robert Williams did his thing, although he was sick, I suppose. We'll also get to uh, on tomorrow's show the Celtics offseason, the big question mark, especially when it comes to Jalen Brown, who had a bad series, bad game seven, and now he's probably going to get a two hundred ninety-five million dollar deal. And you know whether Celtics should or should not do that, we can get into that tomorrow. But random notes from this one, anything else? I mean, you brought up Duncan Robinson mocking yeah, the Celtics faithful. That was um, what was crazier, that or him blocking Jalen Brown's three-point attempt <laughs> in isolation on the perimeter. That was shocking. I had to rewind it. Yeah. I was like, was that Duncan Robinson? That was Duncan Robinson. How did Jalen Brown allow that to happen? <laughs> uh, that was really strange. Yeah, ISO on the perimeter. Clean. I don't know, it was slick by Duncan Robinson going back by his right side, by Brown's right side to get that, but very surprising. Which was more surprising? Great question. And in game seven, on the road, Duncan, who was barely playing this season, wasn't in the rotation. Going to Hulk Hogan, he didn't really like sell it, sell it. No, no. He just say, like, I can't hear you. Yeah, <laughs> hey, that crowd was lit at the start of the game. Holy crap. Like, they were so loud at the start. Yes. And then Tatum <laughs> injures his ankle. He gets a little quieter. Quiet, they had a lead and then it dissipated. Yeah, and then, yeah. Every, every three that they had and they brought it back to 10, they were. They were going. Really they, they, they were going nuts when Derek White was trying his best to get them back in the game. They're like, "Oh God, save us, Derek!" Scored eight straight, and he was getting MVP chance. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but one and three at home in this series. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. It is very <laughs> I mean, crazy. It's amazing. Well, these two teams, when they play each other in playoffs, it's like you don't want home court advantage. You don't. You lose at home. <laughs> either of these teams over the last couple of years when they play, the, the stats are wild. Uh, anything else from this one? Yeah, a couple little fashion notes. I saw uh, Steve Aoki and some other guys sitting courtside wearing the big red boots. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I saw that. Uh, didn't look like a rainy day in Boston, but I can see those being helpful in that scenario. I it's think it's, weird I think it's really, really sad, though. Maybe to be wearing them in general, but imagine wearing those to a Game 7, you're sitting courtside, and then you look down, and the guy two people down from you has got the same... Same Dumb boots, giant yeah, red be a boots killer, on. man. Oh, <laughs> is Steve Aoki a Celtics fan? I don't know. Let no us know clue. in the stream team. I think he's been there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's all I got to say. <laughs> Give them to all the lobster fishermen in Boston. <laughs> all those boots. Give them to all the lobster fishermen. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> yeah, below deck. Throw those boots on all those all those people. <laughs> So that's great marketing. All right. Yeah. Down in the slops. Yeah. In the slops what of else the you ships. Got? Uh, yeah, Tyler Hero was looking like a member of the New Radicals uh, mm. courtside. Pretty chill fit. Hoodie, <laughs> black bucket hat. Good to see the bucket hat back. They showed him and said nothing about what he was wearing. I don't know who won the the beef. <laughs> him or Stan Van. Stan Van Gundy now says nothing, and Tyler Hero is dressing pretty chill, pretty low-key. So I think they decided to squash things for the good of the NBA. <laughs> Tyler Hero, will we see him in the NBA Finals? I mean, he's not full on doing basketball activities right now. He's cleared, um, but I, I've, yeah, I, I've, I'm doubting it. I know this is an impossible question to answer, but do you think the Heat would be going to the NBA Finals if Tyler Hero never got injured? You know what I mean? Like, was it a blessing in disguise in terms of the minutes that unlocked for some of these guys? You know, like Gabe, even Duncan getting more minutes, maybe Caleb Martin to some extent, though, you know, a lot of that was like, okay, love, you're not really contributing. Wait, and, and just even how they played, like, is there some truth to that, possibly? There's maybe some truth to that. The fact that at worst they're going to have 
one poor defender on the court, and it's usually Duncan Robinson, but like we're saying, he blocked a three-pointer and he ripped Jalen Brown at some point yesterday. So you can get lucky, uh, but I think it's more that if there's any team that can stomach the loss of a 20-point-per-game score and not miss a stride, it's the Heat, yeah. who are just always ready to slot the next guy in, and they're like, sorry, you gotta do it. You gotta be a, you gotta be as good as Tyler Hero was. And for whatever reason, it works for the Heat. Hashtag, I don't think a lot hashtag of teams... Heat culture? Hey, man. I, I, honestly, I'm a believer. <laughs> I know. I, I can't believe it. I'm a believer. Uh, makes me want to grow a little Eric Spolstra beard. <laughs> just a couple of little flecks of gray on my face. Just look 20 years older for no reason. I would look 30 years old if he shaved. <laughs> but he's given something for the rest of us out That's there. right. Yeah. That's right. I, I will say I think the, uh, the best indication of Heat culture was post-game in the award celebration where Bam Adebayo said in between game six and seven, Eric Spolstra played that motivational video for us. Ernie Johnson asked him, what was the video? The discipline to not reveal what it was. No, nothing. That's that's impressive. That that was obviously a message from Spolstra. Don't you dare tell anyone (laughs) what it was because Bam didn't say it. Then Ernie asked Spolstra twice Twice, and he wouldn't reveal it. That's heat culture at its finest. Did you see Jimmy uh, refusing to take the trophy oh, from yeah. Bam? I don't want to touch that. I loved that. That yeah. had uh, that was very reminiscent of like Kobe and the Lakers 2009, I want to say, where it was like a funeral when they were going to the finals. They, they were so like, who gives a crap about a then a Western Conference Finals championship trophy? Like They were like, no, we got more business to do here. Yeah, Jimmy... He wasn't coming close to touching that thing. Bam, meanwhile, I was like, yeah! I <laughs> see it! Sweet! Yeah. Uh, but yeah. yes, I, are, I did notice that as well. Those were the good years, yeah. 09, 10, and then 2010, Michael Cooper of uh, the Lakers management accepted the trophy and said, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he gave his spe- speech, and then he said, hey, Celtics, you want us? Oh, come get us! Type thing. Oh, uh, but th- those were the good days when people hated the conference finals trophy, right? <laughs> like, nobody wanted to touch it. It was just sort of a thing on a table with a, an ugly tablecloth underneath it, and then nobody really touched it. Now yeah. everybody, like, people taking photos with it, UD Getting holding weird hats. it. It's a thing now. Um, it's it's yeah. still an accomplishment task. Of course, it's a huge accomplishment. <laughs> uh, but it's I don't know. It's just a thing in, in sports and hockey as well. You just avoid it. But it looks okay. I want to see somebody just got a ball and on knock it. it off the table. We don't, we don't care about shit. this. <laughs> Get out of here. Uh, so again, the finals preview on tomorrow's podcast. But the Nuggets did open, guys, as a heavy favorite, minus four hundred according to BetMGM <laughs> versus the Heat. In the NBA Finals. 400 degrees Fahrenheit. Heat uh, up those nuggets. There you go. Heat nugs. That's the perfect temp. Flip them 10 or 11 minutes in. Um, are you surprised by this at all? That that Denver, obviously the rest they've gotten here, how they looked in their sweep versus the Lakers, the battle that the Heat and Celtics eventually went through, um, that Denver's favored by so much? What were the Celtics favored by? It was a huge line. I think Last over, night? Oh, no, over the Heat and before the series started. Well, ESPN Analytics line. said they had a ninety-seven percent chance uh, Boston did to win that series versus well, Miami. Yeah, they were well, favored. we sat here. No, it was bigger than this. So mm. that 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 shouldn't be the case. The Nuggets are the best team in the league. They I should think be. this is low. Sure, if if the Celtics were favored by mm. more, yeah, the yeah the the, the Heat. Uh, I guess it's it's a case of. Both scenarios, a little bit of recency bias. When the Celtics got through the Sixers seven games, people riding the Celtics. Same here, people riding the Heat a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, the Nuggets should be the heavy favorite. Trey, what do you think? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, it makes sense that Denver's the heavy favorite. They've been the best team in the playoffs, but that's what makes it so interesting because the Heat have just been seeing who is considered the best team in beating them. Uh, it was yeah. the Bucks, uh, then the Celtics, who had one of the best records in the entire league for the entire season. Now they're going for, I guess they can't knock off Philly, uh, but now they're trying to knock off the team with the fourth best record, which is funny. <laughs> like, yeah. It's just crazy. An eight versus a one, so that should be... That should be awesome, and I, I agree the Nuggets are the favor, favorites. You see in a lot of stats going around basically saying, don't play zone against Nikola Jokic. You need a big guy who can pass. He's the best. He is <laughs> one of those. Uh, he has destroyed zones in the NBA, and he also has destroyed Bam in the NBA. So we shall see what they try and do. It might be a little bit of a math series here. Try and make Jokic into a two-point scorer and yeah. bomb threes if you're the Heat. Yeah. That's how you do it. It's definitely possible. Uh, Yaya Dubin uh, on Twitter last night saying, the last time an eight seed made the NBA Finals, the Knicks back Mm -hmm. in the day, Mm -hmm. they got their asses kicked by the number one seed from the West, led by an all-time great big man on his way to his and his franchise's first title. Could that happen again here? Uh, We are talking about 99, it was, when the Spurs crushed the Knicks. Tim Duncan getting his first, obviously the Spurs first as a franchise. Could that happen (laughs) with Denver as Jokic and, uh, and the Nuggets? taking care of a number eight seed again because a lot of people think they're talking about tim duncan as the the all-time great getting his first ring in that scenario yeah (laughs) it's a good point i I was assuming so i was assuming so anyway we'll get in that tomorrow we'll make our predictions break down all the x factors and uh, have some fun talking about nuggets heat or yes heat nuggets better way to say it Fire up the oven, uh, which tips on Thursday night. We'll also talk a little bit about the celtics off season as well we gotta take our first break and when we come back whole bunch of news Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms or restrictions apply. All right, still here in the Classic Factory. If you're joining us live on YouTube, doing some big numbers here on a Tuesday, hit that like button and make sure you subscribe. We'll obviously be doing a show after every game of the NBA Finals and the ones where there aren't games as well. we got a couple of us heading out on the road here soon to actually be in arena for some of these games. So looking forward to that. But we got some news here. We'll start with the Philadelphia 76ers hiring Nick Nurse as their head coach. According to Woj, the Sixers and the Suns were engaged with Nurse and his agency throughout Sunday and Monday, leaving Nurse with this decision between two contending teams. Nurse's desire to coach Joel Embiid and his history with Daryl Morey played a significant part in his decision to commit to a deal with Philly. Again, that's from Woj. Surprised at all tasks that a Nurse, let's call it picks Philly instead of some of those other uh, openings that were uh, vacant jobs that were available? 
Nurse likes a challenge. I don't think it's that surprising. He's got huge expectations going into season one, obviously. At the very least, you got to be a, a conference finalist. But the first season, when he was with the Toronto Raptors, he won a ship. So people are already mocking Joel Embiid's minutes and that you know, he's going to look like Doc Rivers hobbling on uh, throughout games because Nurse is going to play him 45, 46, 47 minutes a game. The way you make Nurse handle Embiid properly is you pull a Kawhi and just sit him games. You don't let him start. I mean, it, it was a scenario there in Toronto where Kawhi was managing his minutes. Kawhi was load managing. But as soon as he starts games, that's the problem. I think, yeah, you'll you'll play him play him a ton. Uh, but I have faith in Nurse. Maybe maybe sometimes uh, what, what happened in Toronto, he had somewhat of a, a short shelf life. Five seasons got under the skin of whether it was players and management. Uh, but that's his job. I think that's yeah. uh, that will help uh, here in Philadelphia to motivate. Hopefully, yeah. They need somebody who's going to call you out. Yep. There's no doubt about it, uh, and Nick Nurse does that. Yep. He calls out his players in the press all the time, so it will be interesting to see the first time that happens with Joel Embiid. It'll be interesting to see what it's about. Um, but I think Nurse is a pretty solid hire for the Sixers. They need somebody who has creativity on offense, which Nurse certainly does. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the Raptors were not a talented offensive team, but they scored okay uh, for a team that had all the same player, basically, and couldn't shoot from the outside. Now they got an MVP. Maybe they're going to be bringing back James Harden. We'll see. They got Tyrese Maxey. They got guys who can score. And he's also good at trying new things. That was one of the biggest criticisms for Doc Rivers. He wouldn't change what he was doing. He did a little bit in the Celtics series, if we're being quite honest. But Nurse is going to be throwing everything at the wall uh, to see what will work with Philadelphia. Um, So I think uh, outside of the fact that Nurse is probably the biggest personality that's out there, in the coaching carousel, I can see him butting heads uh, with Embiid, certainly. Um, I think they will definitely be sniping at each other. That could derail a season, but otherwise, should be good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, he, he, I think he likes butting heads, in a way. Like, he likes butting heads with Jimmy uh, Butler he, in the past. He's not the guy I'm concerned with. He will, he will call people out. I don't know if Embiid How wants Embiid to be called out. How Embiid is going to take yeah. it. Oh, yeah. no, no, no. Yeah. I, th- I, th- I think Embiid ha- has butted heads like with Jimmy Butler. He, he wants it, I think, you to think some degree. Yeah, I think, I think he, like, I think he likes to be pushed it's possible. To, to some degree. All the guys he butts heads with are gone. Well, he wants Jimmy back. I think he butted heads with Jimmy in a good way. Uh, yeah. I, th- I think Nick can be a push the buttons type of guy. They need they He's need somebody. Push the buttons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. It, it, I totally it does agree. feel like yeah. this could go really well. He could replicate what he did with Toronto possibly. Obviously they have a good team. They've got some question marks with Harden and all that this offseason, but yeah, could he get them to, them to a championship level? Yeah, you could convince me, but I'm with TK2. This could go poorly bad in a hurry. Um because of maybe a little too much friction and the way he does sort of call guys out and there's this whole thing of like is Nick Nurse uh, a guy that develops players I saw some Sixers fans saying oh they're pumped about that because that's what he does and then Toronto fans saying are you kidding me have you watched the Toronto Raptors the last couple of years he has not uh, helped develop players any sort of bench any of these young guys at all that is true but if you if you zoom out he definitely had a hand in Siakam's growth, Van Vliet's growth, like OG's growth, like over the, the five to ten year window. I mean, he was an assistant for a long time when he was with the organization. So Yeah, it's not going to bat a thousand with every single no, young player no, no, coming no. out and becoming an all-star, but a, a lot of them have. 
Right. Mal- Malachi Flynn has not. But right. you just mentioned three guys that have developed yeah, yeah, yeah. greatly. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited to see Tyrese Maxey under, you know. And that's the only off. development that matters. Yeah. They're going to be playing yeah, all awesome. veterans. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. They're, they're an old team. We will see how it turns out. That leaves the Phoenix Suns still looking for their head coach. It sounds like it's going to be uh, Kevin Young, I believe his name is, taking over for that job. Um, and the Pistons and the Raptors. Raptors just lost two coaches. That's right. Who's going to coach them? Jordy Fernandez is the hot rumor from mm. uh, the Kings bench. Yeah, it would be astonishing. The Suns moving Kevin Young over into the head coaching chair. He seems to have Durant's vote of approval. That would be surprising to me. Um, but, yeah, you'd think they want a large personality and Ishbia would want some big signing, mm-hmm. which which seemed like it could be Nurse. But Young is, seems to be the, the favorite there. And Bill Simmons is saying it's all but a done deal that it's going to be Young. So we'll see. Uh, next piece of news this is weird. The NBA has opened an investigation into longtime referee Eric Lewis involving a burner Twitter account that responded to numerous posts on league officiating and defended Lewis and other NBA referees. The account in question, which has since been deleted, was listed under a username, Blair Cutliffe, <laughs> with the handle at Cutliffe Blair. Uh, the most recent tweet from the account came on May 25th in response to the discovery of the account. The user of this account said, hey, it belongs to Mark Lewis, Eric's older brother. Sorry, bro. I was just defending your honor and the other right officials. family parentheses older brother. But the, but the league is looking into this probably to find out, is that true? Was it actually Mark Lewis or was it really um, Eric Lewis, the referee? And will there be repercussions? Because league rules say referees commenting on officiating publicly without authorization can face discipline. Do you care at all about this? Is this a story, really? to you I went back and read the uh, Brian Colangelo and and his wife burner account story because his wife was defending Brian apparently on those uh, tweets a lot find a new new slant (laughs) I like those collars (laughs) collars too big Um, I don't care personally I read some of the tweets even if they were coming from Eric Lewis's thumbs himself, right. I mean, I, I didn't get, I, I didn't have the energy to read every single one of the tweets. But the tweets I read were basically like, "Eric's doing a good job." <laughs> <laughs> Come on, bro! Don't believe the narrative. Basically, yeah, I, that's about so it. you don't really care if if an official, if it is him saying, "Hey, man, I'm trying my ass off. I'm doing a good job. I'm roughing you." And he's, it's not like at least. From what we know, not betting on games and changing the outcomes no. or and all that. I think the ref, sh- uh, the the league should investigate, but I, it seems yeah. like they're going to come up empty. Okay, I don't think there's going to be anything there. I'm with you as long as there's nothing nefarious. This is just very funny to me. <laughs> Blair Cutliff. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best part. Sounds like a Chris Bosch fake name for a YouTube character. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean. If he is in violation of this rule where he can't comment on officiating publicly without authorization. Like, maybe he doesn't get a finals game. Exactly. It's Who cares? A fine uh, or something. But <laughs> pretty funny. Don't use your uh, actual email address to register for a burner account would be my number one tip. Right. Th- that's, yeah. what, that's what happened to the Colangelos. Their <laughs> phone number was used as the authentication. You got to go off-grid. Yeah, totally. You got to make it a total <laughs> off-grid account. It happens, though. Sometimes you don't want to use your name. You come up with a name. I didn't want to be on Facebook when we started the Basketball Jones. 
I use Barry Fisher as a pseudonym. I forgot about that. And I use my man Ryan Setton's account. I used it through him. He he's the one who needs to be investigated. Uh, so Barry Fisher, I've been up. I, Blair Blair Cutleff, a better name. <laughs> Blair Cutleff is pretty funny. <laughs> what was uh, what was Chris Bosch's used car salesman's name? I think was it a Blair? one of his characters was Blaine Harry. <laughs> yeah, Blaine wow. Harry. But that was the Boom. nerd, the scholar. I don't was think... that the nerd? Yeah. I don't remember what the car yeah, salesman. That wasn't was. the car salesman. Oh, oh. I don't even know if he had a name. The car salesman. That's a great point. Yeah, uh, burner accounts. They have always been an issue in the NBA. We had, you said, Brian Colangelo in 2018. Kevin Durant admitted to having burner accounts in 2020, I think. And now we've got this uh, Eric Lewis slash Mark Lewis slash Blair Cutliff. Uh, burner account here from an official. I like it. We've got a, we've got someone in a front office role. We've got a player in KD. We got a ref. I guess we need a. Who, who else does that leave? Coach. Coach. I guess, we need yeah. a good coach. Oh, there, there's, there's a coach with a burner out there. Ooh, which one? I agree. I don't know, but there's got to be one. Yeah. Joe Mazzula is pretty young. <laughs> I remember he accidentally left his uh, Quizlet account active or something like that, and it had, like, scouting reports for the entire NBA. Are you serious? Yeah, he, like, kept his notes on this random Quizlet website when he was an assistant coach, and Whoa. then he got bumped up to the the lead job and didn't take down his Quizlet. So he could, like, get his scouting report on Ben Simmons. Okay, somebody oh, find wow. an account, a Twitter account, that it just, like, just shares quotes from the town. And screen grabs. <laughs> and it's probably... Joe Mazzulis. Um, all right, final one here. We, we slipped this into Sunday's show as a joke, but let's uh, really unpack it. I got to hear TK's thoughts on this. Scotty Pippen called former Bulls teammate Michael Jordan a horrible player during an appearance on Stacey King's podcast, Give Me the Hot Sauce, on Friday. Great name for a podcast there, Stacey. Uh, Pip made the comments while talking about who is the greatest player in NBA history. Here's Pippen. Quote, I've seen Michael Jordan play before I came to the Bulls. You guys have seen him play. He was a horrible player. Pippen continued. He was horrible to play with. It was all one-on-one. He's shooting bad shots. All of a sudden, we became a team and we start winning and everybody forgot who he was. End quote. Trey Kirby fell in love with the Chicago Bulls. Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen. Is this tearing you apart? Is this like... No, I don't know. It's no, 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 a, no it's, this That's... isn't like mom and dad uh, no, getting no, no, a divorce no. or something? No. My mom and dad did get oh, a divorce. Geez, sorry. Yeah, oh, geez, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew right away... I was going to be living with my mom, just like I know whose side I'm taking on this one. <laughs> no offense to my dad. Who is just making, I'm just making jokes out here, father. I'm speaking to Steve Kirby, not to my pretend father, Michael Jordan. <laughs> uh, it's just, honestly, it's sad. Uh, it's yeah. not tearing me apart. It's just sad to see this from Scottie Pippen. Everybody knows Michael Jordan wasn't a horrible player before Scottie Pippen showed up. He was the MVP and defensive player of the year in the same season. Like, he was one of the greatest players in the league. And then he definitely got better when Pippen showed up and he had more talent. But uh, go see how many All-Star games Scottie Pippen made after Michael Jordan retired. None. None? None. Wow, I thought he made one. He, he, made, the, he made them when Jordan was retired in the, in, in the middle oh, period, okay. uh, for sure. But I think his last All-Star game was 97. So didn't even make it that last year because he was uh, dealing with surgery stuff. But Scottie doesn't like being in Michael's... Spot, uh, shadow. Yeah, he's, this is a thing. That's he's the biggest he's shadow over in all NBA of this. history. Yeah, yep. and and like you pile on top of the Last Dance, where he feels like you know he's sort of like cast aside uh, to his impact in winning all these championships, and then you've got this weird, you know, Michael Jordan's son is dating his very weird ex-wife. Very very weird. There's that element. He's just. He's just over all this. So, so Scottie Pippen saying he's a horrible player, the greatest yeah. player of all time, is actually a horrible task. Yeah, this is yeah. Uh, vengeful stuff. He's uh, 
he's angry. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's not accurate. I mean, even in the depictions of Michael that he okayed himself in The Last Dance, he became a player that was more team-oriented as the years went on, mm-hmm. and that's how he won. If Scotty was massaged his words, he could be saying that as well. He was more of a, an isolation guy, but horrible player, <laughs> horrible to play with. We just said there's no Caleb Martin without Jimmy Butler. I mean, there's, you know. Here, here's another example. Uh, unfortunately, yeah, Scotty's not... Uh, not not seen clear eyed I don't think mm. uh, in this instance will Michael Jordan respond at all to this not a chance nah. I, I, I don't think I sort nah. of don't think so either I don't either <laughs> if, he, if he's like people are on my side on this one <laughs> <laughs> I'll let Scotty cook himself like, yeah. a, like a second last dance documentary to show that Pippen was a bad player <laughs> create a whole other doc he wrote a whole book yeah right right yeah so I mean he probably wants to do a documentary. <laughs> yeah. Would be my guess. Yeah, Pip. Uh, all right, let's hear your thoughts on this. Um, Scotty Pippen, Michael Jordan beef. Can we call that? I don't know. Scotty Pippen's just fed up, as I tried to say off the top of the show. Let's- and now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms and restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Let's get to Tweet of the Night. Mm, tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. Oh, Tweet of the Night. Lots to sort through. Twitter Twitter was on fire. I, I do apologize if this word I'm about to say makes you feel a little queasy, uh, but this tweet comes from Buttcrack Sports. Uh, Jill... <laughs> Um, listen, when when Buttcrack throws out a good tweet, I laugh. Okay. Uh, Jalen Brown on tonight's performance, quote, don't let us win game eight. I liked it. That's good. That's good. That's good. Uh, Buttcrack does some good things. Um, you know, a lot of, they're featured on Onion and, and that type of thing. Uh, so, again, apologies if you don't like that word. Just a simple one. Just a simple one. I mean, apologies I, if you don't like the word Buttcrack. Yeah. Honestly, this is, this room is the only time of day that I'm not hearing the word butt crack constantly. Interesting. Oh, kids are <laughs> saying it all the time? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Ada will walk up the stairs, see me for the first time of the day. What's up, Cheeks? <laughs> <laughs> Which is cool. I like that. What's up, Cheeks? <laughs> sometimes sweet Cheeks, sometimes stink Cheeks. You never know. When we left uh, the Classic Factory on Sunday, Cheeks. you and I drive the same way, uh, at least the first part yep. uh, in, in the neighborhood here. Did you see the butt crack? There was like a plumber dude reaching into his truck. You were right behind me, so I thought you were going to see it. I should have honked and slowed down. Like, check out this ass. The straight plumber butt crack leaning into the back seat. 
Should have gave my He was an actual plumber? I believe so. Oh, plumber truck. Oh, man, I'm, yeah. I'm sad I missed it. <laughs> I, know. I just thought of it when you said butt that, crack. That word does not make me queasy. It gives me life. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> I hope that doesn't upset you. I say a lot worse than that on this show. Uh, all right, great tweet. There's some great, like, yeah, I mean, the... Uh, you know, poor poor sports guy Bill Simmons flying to to Game Seven in Boston, going to see the game with his dad, and they got the reaction shot. He's looking as sad and depressed as Kendall Roy in Succession. Bunch of sad Celtics fans. It'd be tough, you know. You tough. come back f- from three down, you got home court advantage, and you you get sort of just waxed in the second half. That had a weird. The fourth quarter of this game was weird. Like I had like no notes. Yeah. After oh, like yeah, after yeah, pages yeah. of notes for the first three quarters, I'm like, I don't. I don't have any notes. They just can't come back. And the Heat just continuing to play in rhythm, finding shots, and it just sort of the the, the lead ballooned to the point where Missoula took out his guys and Spoh's like, oh, let's keep our guys in for a little bit more. And that was it. Yeah, especially the, the way this ending. series went. Yeah. Uh, and people cheering for history on one side and Miami right. booking a flight directly to Denver. That's the other <laughs> story coming out of this. Like they wouldn't have been able to find a way to find the charter uh back home anyway uh that that tweet there was some good ones out there i did avoid the succession tweet uh, i had one in, in the yeah, bank yeah. i had had a discussion with jd it's three days after oh. too soon yeah why well, gotta watch the spoilers I, I guess it's yeah that's like 36 hours even that's a little <laughs> too short i would say but you haven't watched it right trey we watched it after oh. game seven last night oh, oh he's all it was a quick it was summertime a quick... <laughs> no no it's not quick no no no, no, no that wasn't that. quick yeah, yeah, yeah. the game was sort of quick yeah. in, in a way true uh, the game was really quick yep to the point where the tnt broadcast i thought they were like having to fill time like with the whole you know conference ceremony and all that because it was still before <laughs> 11 o'clock the top of the hour of course they go into the inside and all that but yeah they were like they were taking their time because it was like this thing was over in a hurry two hours and ten minutes yeah see what that's amazing yeah. wow, that was fast yeah oh it's like a couple perfect games game out there six on the you mound. said was like it was like 35 minutes longer whatever it was. yeah it was 240 yeah, that's um long. it was yeah that's it's regular that second half. yeah this is the second half was was super long you guys will discuss this while i'm uh traveling to denver tomorrow but the jalen brown max situation this little little tease here oh, i thought you this were was... here for the show tomorrow morning no sir Ooh. um that was in, I shared in the slacks. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. It was maybe maybe that was from Barry Fisher, and you didn't read it. Anyway, uh, NBA University tweeted this about Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown regular season: 197 turnovers, 232 assists. Jalen Brown postseason: 58 turnovers, 63 assists. That's that's who he is. Unreal shot maker, elite in trans- transition, but the turnovers. Super Max. You guys will talk about it well, tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. But that's I, mean, I think that's interesting. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think we had a joke going around our WhatsApp group chat that this guy's got to get dribble up <laughs> the system. He's got to tighten up his handle. It's. Got it's to. I mean, got to. Hey, say it's hey, season after he season. A, he had a. You're, that's right. Because I was about to say he did have a hand injury. I mean, did, did that come into play here? But we saw this pre-hand injury last year. I mean, this right. was the same story where he has these like just he has a very loose handle. It's not tight. Um, he needs to add that to his game to go to the next level. I mean, he takes that out. These all these like you know three, four, five turnover games, then he's even more of an elite player. He's already an All NBA player, and he's going to get paid. And I think the Celtics have really no choice but to give it to him, and 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 go from there. I mean, it's not like you wouldn't be able to trade him. It's not like you're like, well, we're locked in forever on Tatum and Brown. No, you continue to give this go. They go to the conference finals every year. <laughs> They're always one of the best teams. <laughs> yes. I mean, they don't have a title. That sucks, but. Yeah, I don't think he's 
going anywhere. We'll get no. into it tomorrow. Okay, so what's your prediction, by the way, for uh, for the finals? Oh. Let's hear it. Well, the Nuggets are winning this thing. Okay. It, it does feel weird that everybody's picking the Nuggets in five. That seems to be the hottest one, but that's the one. Okay. Nuggets in five. Cass says Denver in five. We'll break it down in detail. TK and I here from the Classic Factory tomorrow. Tass is off to Denver for games one and two. You'll be headed to Miami for games three and four, so we'll have you covered with someone on the scene. Looking forward to that. NBA Finals preview, 10 a.m. Eastern, here in the Classic Factory. Hit that like button. Make sure you subscribe, and if you're a podcast listener, leave your boys a five-star rating and review. Till tomorrow, Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us, and remember, be sure to check out all our coverage on social media throughout the NBA Finals. We're going to have lots of fun, and you'll see... A backdrop, I do believe, which you'll remember, you'll flash back to, because the hotel you guys stayed at in Houston for Final Four Mm -hmm. looks a lot like the hotel I'm going to be staying at in Denver. So it's not the exact same hotel, but it looks a lot like it. Can't wait to talk about it soon. Cool cool tease. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.